You are listening to a Crosspoint Peachtree City podcast. For more information, please visit our website at www.crosspointptc.com. picked up even with that particular prayer that I just prayed that this psalm is a little different than some of the psalms that we've sat with thus far along the way and we've worked our way including the the psalms of ascent a couple years back through I don't know upwards of 30 to 40 of the 150 psalms this psalm psalm 67 a psalm of blessing offering us little in the way of the original context in which it was written and used though there is mention of a of a harvest verse 6 leading Many to believe this psalm may have been associated with Israel's harvest festivals. At the same time, the lyrics more broadly express something of God's providence and and care in such a way that its message is both timeless and timely for God's people today, for us. If you pick up in verse one, this psalm begins, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. The opening lyrics of Psalm 67 ring with a a certain familiarity for many as they're they're drawn from the most well-known word of blessing in the Old Testament, arguably the most well-known word of blessing in all of the Bible. A word of blessing that if you were here that week, we spent some time with as part of the benediction and and doxologies uh, series we did a few months back, known as the Aaronic Blessing of Numbers chapter six. Aaronic meaning related to Aaron and the priesthood spoken by God to Moses over 3,000 years ago, a word of blessing that's been passed on throughout the generations, not only in Jewish homes and synagogues, but in churches since the days of the apostles. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Much of that, that language found in the opening lyrics of Psalm 67 The psalmist, however, opting not for the singular, but the plural, replacing the language of you, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you with the language of us. May God be gracious to us and bless us, make his face to shine upon us. The graciousness of God, as many of you know, the unmerited favor and forgiveness of God poured out on undeserving sinners his face shining upon his people, communicating his delight in his beloved. Blessing being not just that we beam as we fix our gaze on the beauty of God, but that God beams as he fixes his gaze upon us, his beloved. In the words of one scholar, he's a father, God is, enjoying his children as he looks over them in the playground of the world. The opening lyrics of this psalm, a cry for the Lord to bless his people. God, the source of all blessing, who goes before his people in sovereignty, in wisdom, in love. God's blessing, as the Israelites would have understood, including things like rain and harvest, victory in battle and safety in the land. Hence the language of verse 6, the earth's yielding of its increase. The Israelites would have understood these things to be part of the cascading waterfall of God's blessing. And yet not for the sake of self-serving prosperity. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Verse two, 
that your way may be known on earth, that your saving power may be known among the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. O Lord, bless we your people, the psalmist says, so that for the purpose of your way being made known on earth, your saving power among the nations. This psalm a cry for God to bless his people that he might be praised among all peoples. These lyrics hearkening back to the covenant that God made with Abraham. His promise to bless Abraham that he might be a blessing to the nations. Going back to the famous Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. God says to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. There it is. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth blessed through Abraham and his descendants. To Isaac, Abraham's son, the Lord declared, Genesis chapter 26, verse 4, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring all these lands. And in your offspring, all the nations, here it is, of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth blessed through Isaac and his descendants. To Jacob, Isaac's son, and Abraham's grandson, the Lord declared two chapters later, Genesis 28, 14, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you and your offspring, here it is, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All the families of the earth blessed through Jacob and his descendants. That God blesses his people that he might be praised among all peoples. Israel, a kingdom of priests and a light to the nations. His blessing upon Israel that God's way, verse 2, might be, be known on earth. Peoples or nations referring to tribes, tongues, and ethnic groups. Stretching to the far reaches of the world. To know his way, verse 2, more than simply intellectual knowledge or assent but an experiential knowing through the blessing of his people, God's aim that he might be intimately and experientially known by all peoples. His blessing upon Israel too, that his saving power, the psalmist says, might be known among the nations. The demonstration of his grace to his people giving way to the world singing the praises of his salvation. The word all, verse three, emphasizing the reaches of God's saving power to the ends of the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Verse four, the psalmist goes on. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad. Let them sing for joy. That to know God and his saving power is not a knowing nor saving absent of joy. God means to be known and in knowing him and his salvation to be satisfied in him. To sing for joy that verse four, he judges the peoples with equity. 
Not, unlike corrupt politicians, God doesn't take sides with the wicked in order to further his agenda. He doesn't judge based upon appearances or image. He loves righteousness and hates wickedness, administering perfect justice and equity as judge and king of all creation. His judgments or determinations, true, faithful, reliable, never off the mark. Every judgment, decision, determination, completely just. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity. Two, verse four, for you guide the nations upon earth. Guide in the original Hebrew meaning to lead or to govern. Be glad and sing for joy, for God exercises sovereign power over nations and their leaders. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 And he, God, made from one man, here it is, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. God made every nation determining the when and where of the habitation of each and every one. More than that, God is sovereign over political leaders and world rulers. Daniel chapter 20. Uh, 2 verses 20 and 21, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. Or how about Proverbs 21.1? The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. But even the most powerful and mighty of leaders is only so because of God. And that includes the wicked ones, like Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was only able to besiege Jerusalem because God gave him the victory. Nebuchadnezzar was only able to understand his dream because God revealed its meaning through Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar failed to singe a single hair on the head of Daniel's friends because God delivered them through the fire and the flame. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse six, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And the closing lyrics of this psalm, a declaration of, of hope and trust that what began, verse one, with may God bless us, now ending with God shall bless us. With the many Spiritual blessings included in this psalm, the psalmist here trusting in the Lord for physical blessings, material blessings. In the original context, the blessing of a harvest. God's people blessed that they might be a blessing to those around them. Again, God blesses his people that he might be praised among all peoples. Such praise, verse 7, nothing less than a right fear of the Lord, meaning a reverential awe. Reverence, love, and humility leading to obedience, glad submission to heaven's king. An excerpt that I've shared, I don't know how many times I've lost count and probably won't be the last, from the famous, many of you know it, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, part of his Narnian Chronicles at the moment where the, the four Pevensey kids, Lucy, Edmund, Susan, and, and Peter, are all in the home of Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, and they're learning about Aslan, the lion, the Christ figure in the Narnian Chronicles. 
and they think he's a, a man. They don't re- realize that he's a lion yet. And so they ask, you know, and, and picking up the dialogue, Aslan a man? said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is, is he quite safe? She'll feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? It's a good husband. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And here's the clincher. Peter responds, I'm longing to see him even if I do feel frightened when it comes to the point. That's the dual engine jet of God's eminence and transcendence. He's approachable. You you see it in the Narnian Chronicles in those moments when Lucy rides on Aslan's back through fields and meadows or rests in his paws or, or feels his breath on her face. You feel the, the, the transcendence of the great lion every time he roars. You feel it in your bones. Right? God blesses his people that he might be praised among all peoples, that every tribe, tongue, and nation might rest in the paws of his grace, so to speak, and that every tribe, tongue, and nation might hear his roar and bow in reverential awe. And not without gladness and joy, verse 4. Not without praise, verses 3 and 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Which leads me to a question we've sought and will continue to seek to answer throughout this series. Namely, how does this psalm point to Jesus? Coming back to the covenant that God made with Abraham. His promise to bless Abraham that he might be a blessing to the nations. Again, Genesis verse, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth, blessed through Abraham and his descendants. We need only look to Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia to see the beauty of how this psalm finds its fulfillment in Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Paul says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that by becoming a curse for us, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Going back to the the opening lyrics of Psalm 67, Jesus earned the Lord's blessing, the light of the Lord's countenance. He, Jesus, not only the seed of Abraham, but the new Israel, who succeeded where Israel failed in his own wilderness-wandering experience, who succeeded where we all failed, 
and living a life of perfect, sinless obedience. And yet, verse 1, the Father made not his face to shine upon the Son on the cross. How great the pain of searing loss, the Father turned his face away. So that Jesus cried out in agony, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Cursed Jesus was for our blessing. That is for those who trust in him for salvation. Those who are united to him by faith. Counted as Abraham's offspring in Christ. Heirs according to the promise, Galatians 3.29. Someday to join the great multitude from every nation, Revelation 7, from all tribes and peoples and languages, all standing before the throne and before the Lamb, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. That's where this story's headed. As we eagerly and longingly wait for that great and glorious day, in the words of one writer, we are prone to disconnect God's blessing in our lives from God's purpose for our lives. Again, God blesses his people that he might be praised among all peoples. Surely we would count ourselves blessed in this room. For most of us, both spiritually and materially, blessed that we too might be a blessing. As I mentioned a few times Throughout this series, uh, that whom or which we love, we must sing the praises of. Otherwise, our joy, it's left incomplete as there's joy in the expressing or in the singing. Again, I'll bring a quote that I brought before us before. C.S. Lewis, in his reflections on the Psalms, he says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. Again, I've said this numerous times when making this point that it'd be miserable to go see your favorite artist or band and not join in the song. It'd be miserable to go see your favorite sports team and not cheer. But the joy is made complete in the joining into that song in the cheering. That whom or which we love, we must sing the praises of. Otherwise, our joy is incomplete. But more than that, and this is what I think Psalm 67 is getting at. That whom or which we love, we too want others to sing the praises of. That their joy too may be complete. And so I put a couple questions before us all this morning. Do we want our lost neighbors to join in the song of God's glory and grace. And I don't mean in a whiteboarded sense. I mean, do our lives reflect that we want that? Do we want the nations to join in that song too? God blesses his people that they might be praised among all peoples. John Piper in a message entitled, Let the Nations Be Glad, which is essentially a message form of a book that he wrote by the same title. He says, If God blesses his people for the sake of the nations, then God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. 
If God wants his goods to get to the nations, then he will fill the truck that's driving toward the nations. He will bless the church that's pouring itself out for unreached peoples of the world. And this blessing is not payment for a service rendered. It's power and joy for a mission to accomplish. When we move toward the unreached peoples, we are not earning God's blessings. We are leaping into the river of blessings that is already flowing to the nations. We're exploring what that means for us corporately as a church even now, as it pertains to partnerships with missionaries and church planters and churches in unreached parts of the world. And perhaps the Lord will open some doors for some of us individually through those partnerships that are established in the months to come. My prayer with that being that we not simply be a supporting church, which we surely have been through funding, resourcing, coaching, and care since our inception. And I want to highlight that for a second. I don't want to just focus in on on what, what we've yet to accomplish because we've been a sending church that has gotten behind the, 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 the sending and the planting of the gospel in other places in, in ways that are wondrous, as I share it with other church leaders. They're like, are you seriously? You guys have given over $300,000 in the course of just a, a decade or so of existence to the planting of the gospel in other places? Yeah, we've given a tithe of everything that's come, come into the storehouse to plant in the gospel outside of South Metro Atlanta. We've resourced other churches with numerous uh, documents and uh, things that we've put together so as to expedite that process for church planters as they've sought to, to step out and plant the gospel in other places. That gargantuan baptismal that we've moved on from so that we can be a little bit more nimble I'm in a conversation with John Schroeder who preached here two weeks ago to say, hey, can we give this to you so that you can baptize people and this baptismal can continue to be used for the sake of the kingdom? And even in a way that we can hear the stories because we have a partnership with you. I had many conversations with other pastors and church planters as it pertains to pastoral care situations, trying to explore things in a multitude of counselors where there's wisdom. And that's not just one directional. Those partnerships have been reciprocal, just as we treat discipleship as a local church, recognizing that a lot of times in discipleship one-on-one conversations, one person may have more to give to the other, but there's always something for them to, to glean as well. I've been supported, cared for, coached, resourced, many times along the way. Our church, you should be encouraged as it pertains to what it means that we're a supporting church. But more than a supporting church, the prayer is that we would move toward becoming a sending church, a hub from which people would, would go and we would gladly weep as they leave to take the gospel to other places that are desperate for the gospel knowing that we serve a God who blesses his people, that he might be praised among all peoples. More to come on the corporate side of that soon enough. But as we move forward in our time together, I would just encourage you, and I'm gonna do the same, to to sit and spend a few moments with the Lord before we sing corporately as a church again this next song. 
and just ask, God, what, what would you have for me? Maybe it's, uh, Lord, I'm, I, I want to I be open-handed and willing and receptive to, to what is unfolding on the corporate side, and maybe that, that is where the answer is found, but perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's more organic. Perhaps the Lord has providentially brought people, opportunities into your life that are unique, that would cause you to wrestle uniquely with what does it mean that I've been blessed that God might be praised among all peoples? What do I do with the blessing that I've received? Lord, what do you want from me? What do you have for me? For some of us, it's simply a continued faithfulness to give to the church, and that's not a plug for money. Simply to say that you're a part of a church that when you give, your giving goes other places. Perhaps it's more than that. I pray that that wouldn't be a sort of safety net that, that we would go, I'm doing that, so there's nothing more to consider here, nothing to see. I pray that some of us would be stirred to go, maybe, maybe you're calling me to somewhere else to take the gospel to some other place. And I would love to have those kind of conversations and meet with people in our church to explore that and talk about that. I've been in some great conversations over the past three or four months with leaders in other churches, uh, parachurch ministries that are seeking to reach the unreached, chomping at the bit to get a little more clarity to be able to share some things with you all myself. I'm excited. I want to engage in those kind of conversations with, with individuals and families in our church to, to talk about that more and more as we move forward. But again, for now, I just want to leave some space for us to pray. And if it's simply to say, Lord, you've blessed me, I don't want the blessing in my life to be disconnected from the purpose for my life. I, I want the blessing in my life to be that all peoples praise you. God, help me see what that means. If it's as simple as that, pray that and then let's do some singing. I also have an opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper. Uh, if you're not a Christian, I would encourage you not to do that, but that your next step would be one of repentance and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are a Christian, as many of you know, we take the bread representing the broken body of Jesus. We dip it in the cup representing his shed blood. There are communion tables on either side of the stage. There's a gluten-free table in the back corner there. As you prepare to receive of those elements, again, I, I encourage you to sit with verse 1 of Psalm 67 and then turn in your Bible to Galatians 3 and just stare at the beauty of those words. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. It's a celebratory meal, the Lord's Supper is. So enjoy it. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about this message, visit us at crosspointptc.com. There you can contact us, find further resources, and directions to our gatherings. That's C-R-O-S-S. P-O-I-N-T-E-P-T-C dot com.